If you just said this, right? I have to check out Harry Lang, another hundred year candidate. I'd, I, I, <laughs> you said that. What I'm saying is, I'd have to take out. Okay, I'll take out Conor Whelan then. Conor Whelan, I, that's it. I quit. Subscribe to the GA podcast feed on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Sorry, we're a minute into this and Colm is here, sitting patiently. There must be some big breaking tennis news. Some Something has happened overnight, Colm. Did you guys stay up to watch Rafael Nadal versus Novak Djokovic? And I hope you did because this could be the last time they ever play each other at a Grand Slam. That's what we And I feel like told. it will be. Huh? That's what we keep being told. Every game between these... Yeah, I know. The and that's one. the beauty of it because it's so tantalisingly close to the end at all times. As Jim Morrison uh, once sang about, the future is uncertain and the end is always near. Except for these two who go on forever. But this actually really, this time, could be the end. It's quite cold between the two of them actually as it ended after four and a quarter hours at half past twelve uh, midnight Irish time, half one in the morning in France. Uh, but what a match. Did not think that last year's uh, epic semi-final would be repeated. And again, it only went to four sets. Didn't go to a fifth, but it's one of the all-time classic matches. And there are so many highlights from this match. Like The first game took 10 minutes. And by then I was calculating this is going to finish at 1am. And the sixth game of the second set was 18 minutes in duration, which is the longest ever game for a Grand Slam match at that, uh, at that level. Right. Yeah. Um, was You're speechless. What happened? Um, Nadal played Djokovic at the French Open and he won. <laughs> um, like you were sitting here yesterday, uh, were, were, you, were you sure that this was going to happen, that it was going to be an all-time classic? Like obviously no, you have yeah. two titans going head-to-head, but the fact that it goes into the annals straight away is one of the greatest ever, according to you anyway, that's interesting because um, I wasn't sure if that was actually going to be the case. No, it's a good question. I, I suppose I didn't really know. I did think, I, I was, I've been saying throughout the whole build-up and... Uh, as recently as during the match last night that I did think Djokovic was going to win and I, didn't, I just couldn't see him losing more to the point not so much to do with Nadal and then um, Nadal just wiped the floor with Djokovic in the first set Djokovic wasn't even playing that badly to be honest uh, but the one thing that was playing there was his first serve you only get 47% of first serves in but Nadal was just playing like out of this world tennis especially his forehand like Nadal forehand at the French Open is like a thing of beauty pretty much untouched and it looked like at that stage um with Nadal winning 6-2 and he went 3-love up in the second set double break straight away he won 9 of the first 11 games it looked like it was going to be a repeat of the 2020 final whitewash and then out of nowhere Djokovic just came back and broke at a very crucial time to go 1-3 in the, in the second set and then that came up in 18 minutes in duration where they just exchanged deuces and advantages I was actually talking to Joe Malloy he was watching it last night and he, he was catching up on it and he was asking, you know, are, are these epic rallies that go on forever? It actually wasn't. The, the rallies were quite short and sharp. The things where the games were just really long and they were exchanging point for point. It's very rare that a player won two points in a row at one stage. Um, and it was just such a brilliant sporting spectacle to see for a brief moment in probably the midway through the second set and into the third set, both players were playing excellently well at the same time. And I thought that when Djokovic took the second, um, you know, coming back from three love down to actually win that 6-4 in the second, I was saying to everyone who was up watching it, like, you know, I just can't see Djokovic losing from here. But then Nadal's uh, response, you know, to break straight away to love in the first game of the third set, that's remarkable. And then to win that set quite handily. 
But then in the fourth set, Djokovic immediately breaks the go two love up. And you're like, ah, oh, we're here for the night. Like Djokovic is five to up in the fourth set. And I, I had accepted my fate at that stage that it was going to go all the way and that like I would just have to go, go and actually come straight to work like from watching the match because it's going to go on forever. And Nadal brought it all the way back to a tie break. Was 6-1 up in the tie break, had a number of match points, but missed the first three. Ooh. And at one stage, I was like, oh my God, Djokovic is going to win this tie break and then win the match. That would have been I, all-time classic territory if he'd, if he'd managed to get back like having... That would have, no, that would have been like its own Netflix documentary I think if Nadal had come back from there but for the tie break I found myself not being able to sit down I just stood up for the whole thing partly because I was so caught up in the whole event and also because I was just imploring Nadal to win so I could go to bed because I was calculating it was was going to take another hour the second set took 88 minutes that's too much Uh, well once I saw that I was like no I'm out that's too much I was out at that stage the problem here is the night schedule going to say something else there this night schedule is it's so ridiculous like to start at that time well, in it, Paris I mean unless they have an absolutely monumental American audience when that was, we don't know about when I was watching they were talking about um, last year when the president had to ring in and say no it's okay you can go on a bit later remember there was like a yeah that was uh, COVID related that was the was same yeah that, was yeah. yeah that was when they had partial crowding yeah um, and then the other thing was that the metro doesn't run all night. Exactly, yeah. So, but everyone stayed. But Roland Garros is pretty handy to get to. Very few, very few uh, fans left. The fans were quite raucous. Djokovic wasn't happy with them. Obviously, extremely pro Nadal, but they were uh, they were shouting between points a lot, and serves were being delayed. Another interesting thing about the serves is you know they have the shot clock, so if they don't serve before it gets to zero, they in theory get penalised. When Nadal was uh, taking advantage of that quite loose rule all night long and he was frequently getting to zero and the umpire only actually penalised him once um, but it was ridiculous What's and what Nadal kept doing was he kept on looking at the clock just as he was bouncing the ball and Djokovic is known to take an eternity to serve but Nadal was taking long in the Djokovic last night and I'm certain that this was a tactic oh yeah certain because he never does this where he looks at the clock and looks down again fight but fire with fire he took advantage of uh, of his godlike status at the French Open because I wouldn't dream of penalising well, Nadal so you said he got penalised once what, what, is the penalty just uh, here listen don't be doing that again second serve second right. serve okay. yeah but John McEnroe was going nuts on co-commentary saying you know like you've got to penalise these guys a point you've got to take a game off them because they're just going to keep on doing this it's like a footballer giving dissent to the referee like if they're not going to respond to it Footballers want to keep on doing it. The Same with these tennis players it, it, it seems like it's a target now as opposed to uh, this is your limit it's like it's it depends on what the makeup is. So Nadal obviously sees Djokovic. I know he is by a year, a full year, the fresher man anyway. But uh, yeah. on clay, would he have would he have necessarily always been that way? The, would Nadal not have always thought to himself, "Listen, I've got the, the the body here to sustain this, regardless." And well, no, he would have gone quicker rather than slower. Again, I just think because of age, like yeah, he's going to turn thirty six in two days' time. I, I and I think with with Nadal is he was just so stung by that Djokovic defeat last year. Um, and I mean, he's never lost last year two years in a row. 2015 and 16, he went out. 2015, he lost to Djokovic in the quarterfinal, but in 2016, he pulled out before his third round with injury. And the only other time he's lost besides last year was way back in 2009 to Robin Soderling in the last 16, who then got to the final and lost to Roger Federer, which was Federer's only French Open. Every, literally every other year since Nadal first played the French Open in 2005, he's won it. So he, Nadal has nothing to be afraid of, but. The issue there was he came into the tournament with this really bad ankle, which is, to be honest, has paid them for a long time. But we talked about it a few weeks ago at the Italian Open, the warm-up event. He lost to Denis Shapovalov. He couldn't move. 
he really couldn't move and I was worried about how long he could, how deep he could actually go into this French Open and when the draw was made the, the standard obviously was that these two were going to play each other in the quarter-final all going well but it was very much an all going well for Nadal bear in mind as well Felix auger seemed to come into five in the last round so I really thought like Jack was going to win this yeah, and he, Nadal was going as slow as possible just to get up some time he was out socialising with the uh, Real Madrid players or certainly he was at the game he was at the game was yourself, yeah. socialising but um, yeah we were all hanging out me Roger oh, sorry Rafa uh, Lebron oh, was Lebron there as well that, Liverpool owner that card owner Mexican um, barbecue chef two, two million Instagram followers the Mexican he's like yeah, check him out he's a uh, Pepsi he was overdoing stuff for Pepsi he was like this is a, this is a mad combination of people and Jerry Gilroy well, well that was not part of it but but, uh, but come here this tennis documentary Tribe to Survive what a racket it has a great episode there last night and I think what's well, really interesting is the needle between them very quickly the other the like Alcaraz was beaten so that was that yesterday afternoon yeah that was yesterday we can take all the time you want here sir we can't yeah where's your wonderkin well, now I, I, I don't, we, don't, we can keep Nathan it's fine um, yeah, Alcaraz, uh, Alcaraz lost to uh, Alexander Zverev in four sets. Yeah. And that was a surprise. That was a real surprise. But he looked every bit his 19 in the first two sets. Zverev was much better than him. Alcaraz took the third uh, and Zverev just stuck the fourth. But uh, like, uh, with Alcaraz, what we were saying here, it's the best player in the world in current form. And he was at the time. Uh, but the, the thing we did caveat with was that that's best of three. And best of five is a different story. He lost best of three against Zverev anyway. So he lost the first two sets. And um, so... Yeah, it's but he has a very very bright future, and he himself wasn't too down about it afterwards. But you, you, look, you just compare him to Nadal, and Nadal was winning the French Open at nineteen, and that's yeah. the only problem. But like, yeah, he is remarkable. I wouldn't look too much into it. I actually would be interested now with Zverev and Nadal in the semi-final. The thing with Zverev is he has an appalling record against top ten players at the Grand Slam at Grand Slams. That was his first ever top ten win yesterday yeah. against Alcaraz. He's, He's an appalling record. Speed of kid appalling record so you would think Nadal there but just because of the fatigue but one thing I do want to emphasise is the needle between the pair of them last night between Djokovic and Nadal because there's been not a quite a bromance but a, like a massive amount of mutual respect between Nadal, Djokovic and Federer but I think Nadal views him slightly differently because of the vaccination Hopefully. with the Australian Open and the uh, handshake at the end was very curt and that's unlike the two of them and Jockfish walked off court. Now, I think Jockfish is a bit furious with how he performed. And afterwards was uh, very praiseworthy of Nadal. But I just thought that was an interesting... And Nadal did legitimately say this is probably his last time. Because it, uh, I think it is. And I think that's why like we that should uh, linger here, Jer. Because it's... We might not talk about this ever again. And I, I think will. you're taking this for granted. You're just moving on I'm, to the next I'm segment. I'm not. They should make like a documentary so that we can talk about it again or something. Exactly. That's the thing. We'll get to talk about it again. I really... When you do your six-part review of the four-part series. But you're, you're just treating this like any old segment, like you're just moving on. Like, this could be it. You're not, you're, this is like, this is Jura's don't look up moment. Where it's like, this, this actually could be, this could be it. And Jura's like, no, 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 they're going to keep going forever. I think you think that, or maybe don't care. But I think that we need to like bookmark this. This is the end of the greatest era it's that we'll ever though, see. It's tennis. not though, because he's playing, he's playing in two days against Zverev. No, no, the rivalry. Nadal and Djokovic may okay, never play each okay. other in the well, Grand Slam I mean, again. There is, there is the US Open, where I suspect they will see them to meet relatively early just in case. Right? Yeah, and I mean, it's like we're only halfway through the, the Grand Slam season, but I mean, Nadal but has said that his injuries... There's no guarantee. Yeah, I worry for Nadal, I really do. He's hinting that he might... The pain he has to get through. Okay. He said recently that pain takes away happiness in life. You can move out there. It's okay. Yeah. But winning also gives back happiness. 
I mean, they, they, other, other things oh. can also take but away pain. But what's it worth, really? Other things when can also take away pain. When you go home to bed pain. and no one else is around and it's just you and the pain for he company. Should, he should read it down. That should, is sore. He should literally take a leaf out of Andrea Akazi's book and just sleep on the floor. And um, that's that's all your problem solved. That's what I took away from that. I'd say Akazi's pretty happy. OTB AM With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.